Thank you, Andy. God bless you for leading us in that great song. And it's true, Jesus' own family once said, we need to take hold of him because he's lost his own mind. Following the Lord sometimes seems crazy to other people, doesn't it? Sometimes seems a little crazy to us too. But I'm glad you're here today. Thank you for being here this morning. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles, if you would, please, to John chapter 1. In a moment, we'll begin with verse 35 and following. John chapter 1, I began two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and we're going to be going through the totality of the book of John. It may take a year or more, but we'll get there. And I'm excited about it because it is, as I told you, a book that tells not only what Jesus did, but why he did what he did. So it's a discourse that is um, theological in nature. But I begin with a question today. If you could spend a day with anybody, who would it be? Now, let me put the little proviso there, except for Jesus Christ. Who would it be? Because I know what you're going to answer. Who, who would you spend? Maybe someone in history. Maybe someone now that's famous. With whom would you spend a day? Now let me put the little, remove the proviso and say that the Gallup poll was taken years ago and yes, Jesus Christ was the number one person with whom people would want to spend a day. It was interesting because 60, uh, excuse me, 73% of all Catholics and Protestants identified Christ as the one with whom they would like to spend a whole day. Uh, 63% of all Americans at that time of the, of the Gallup poll identified Christ as the person with whom they would like most to spend a whole day. And interesting, as they broke it down, as you might imagine, the um, guess what age group wanted to spend more time with him? It was the older. Guess which racial group wanted to spend more time with him? The highest were African Americans. And what part of the nation do you think ranked highest as wanting? The South. Hallelujah. So... <laughs> It's interesting. Is that whom with whom you'd like to spend a day? Well, I'm going to invite you to spend a day with Christ in the Scripture as we study it today. It's a powerful passage. And look with me, if you would, please, as we spend the day with Jesus. John chapter 1, beginning with verse 35 through 51. Two sections in the Gospel of John, but beginning with verse 35. And I'm going to go ahead and stop down at verse 42, and we'll pick it back up in just a moment. But it says again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples. And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, and this is the second time he said this, Behold the Lamb of God. Remember, we saw that last week in the, in the uh, earlier section. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. So John the Baptist's disciples start to follow Christ. And then Jesus turned and seeking them, seeing them follow, following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, which translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him the, that day. For now it was the tenth hour. And one of the two heard, 
who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we found the Messiah, which translated is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You will be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Let's stop there. We've already mentioned in previous studies that John in chapter 1 uses seven titles for Christ. And we've already seen four of those titles. Do you remember what they were? Word, the light, the sun, and the lamb. And in this section, we see three more titles. First, he is identified as the Messiah. Look at those verses that we have just read. And we will see that these two disciples of, De, of John who followed him, verse 37, uh, left to follow Christ, John the writer and his friend Andrew. They left to follow Christ. Now, did that bother old John the Baptist? Not at all. He had already said he must increase and I must decrease. He was delighted that people were leaving him to follow Christ because he was the one who introduced Christ. He said, please, I'm not even worthy to touch the man's sandals. It's great that you are following him. And Jesus asked him an interesting question. He said, well, what are you seeking? What do you think he was asking by that? I think he was wanting them to verbalize what was their purpose? What was their intent? And sometimes he wants us to do that. Can you identify what is your purpose? Can you say, this is why God has me on this earth? Can you verbalize and say, here is my purpose for being? And I know you can give a good Sunday school answer. Well, it's to love Christ. But is there specificity in your calling? Some are still working through that. You're still growing. You're still learning what that purpose might be, what that intent might be. But he needed to know, are you expecting a revolutionary leader that will break the Roman bondage? Is that what you're wanting? Or are you wanting a suffering servant? He wanted to know what they thought. It helped them to clarify it for themselves. And then he invited them to spend the day with him. It was 10 o'clock in the morning, the 10th hour. And so they were so impressed with Christ that they began doing what they natu came naturally to them, and that is being fishers of men. And look real quickly. It says that Andrew went after and got Simon, and then John went and got James. Now let me stop just a moment and mention Andrew. If you study the scriptures real carefully, you will never find a sermon that Andrew preached. He never preached a sermon. We really don't see any great theological truth coming from him. But what we do find is Andrew was always bringing somebody to Jesus. In fact, every instance where you see Andrew mentioned, whether it was the boy with the fishes or someone else, he was always bringing somebody to Christ. My friends, you remember last week I told you about my crazy friend Andy that I had talked to down in Augusta, Georgia. And he was talking about witnessing to his friend. I forgot to tell you his opening line. So Andy's witnessing to his friend. And he got real point blank. He said, I just, you, you know, you got an illness. I need to know you're going to go to heaven or hell. 
And the guy just started dancing back and forth like many people do. And he said, well, I think I'm a good person. And he said, that doesn't cut it. That doesn't cut it. I need to know you're going to heaven or hell. There's only one way to know for sure. And then his son was sitting there. And this guy went off to the bathroom. I guess he was just getting real nervous. And so he said to his son, after your daddy dies, people are going to want to know. Did he know the Lord or not? And son, you can't tell them, can you? The boy said, no, I can't. And Andy continued witnessing to him. But here's what Andy said, and I love it. He said, Frank, you know, you've taught me. I can't take any of this stuff with me, but I can take my friends. I can't take any of the houses and all the stuff. I can't take any of it, but I can take my friends. I said, son, that's right. That's what Andrew did. We may not know a lot about him, but he brought people to Christ. Oh, I like that. I like that. Well, what did he say to people? Look at verse 41. He said, we have found the Messiah. We have found the Messiah. What does the word Messiah mean? In Hebrew, it means the anointed one. It was the one who is to come. It is the one for whom they had been looking so long. It is the one promised in Old Testament scripture. And he's come. We found him. We found the Messiah. And he's invited us to spend a day with him. And we know that both prophets and priests and kings were anointed. But the Messiah is the anointed one. And we don't have to look any further. Listen to me, Pebble Creek. You don't have to look any further either. He is the one He is the one and he is the only one who resurrected from the dead. Jesus Christ is the Messiah and you don't have to look any further. Do you want to spend a day with him? The good news is you can. You can spend every day with him. That's the good news. And so he is identified as the Messiah. Second, he's identified in the next segment as the King of Israel. Now read that with me, please, beginning with verse 43 and down to 51. The following day, now here's another day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. Oh, by the way, I'm not going to make you memorize that whole scripture, but that's our scripture memory verse, and I just want you to remember those two words. That's where Jesus first said, follow me, verse 43. For those of you the first-timers, yes, I hand out assignments on Sunday morning, and I, we go over it on Wednesday nights to see if you've remembered your scripture assignments. And by the way, Maybe people didn't want to come Wednesday night because they knew I'd do that. But those that were there did real good. You really did. We've memorized three, and this is our fourth one in verse 43. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, a city, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. But look at verse 46. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And by the way, he said it with a sneer. He said it with a um, kind of a pejorative tone. He, he said it uh, by saying, Oh, really? Really? In 21st century world, we would say, Seriously? Really? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, Verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, 
Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Some versions say guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Wow. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. Look at this last phrase. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Wow. Jesus called Philip personally. And Philip proved his faith by seeking to share it with his friend Nathaniel. So this chapter is just constantly of people bringing their friends to Christ. Well, Nathaniel was another fisherman, by the way. We read that somewhere else. And by the way, of the 12 disciples, do you know how many were fishermen? Seven, at least, that we know of. Does anybody in here like to fish? Several of you like to fish. Okay, that's good, that's good. I, I don't. Uh, if I'm catching constantly, I'm okay. But if I have to be patient and wait, then, then it's all over. Right, let's go, let's go. Well, anyway, seven at least of the disciples were fishermen. And they could be patient, and they knew how to ask the right questions. Well, Nathaniel started out as a doubter, didn't he? Well, he, his first comment about this man that they say they found, the Messiah, and by the way, they used the phrase, we, have, we, have, we can attest that he is because of what was said in both the law and the prophets. So the Old Testament had predicted it. We found him. He is here. But he said, well, wait a minute. Isn't he from Nazareth? Well, a person who came from Nazareth, and Jesus was not born in Nazareth. He was born where? In Bethlehem. But he grew up in Nazareth, which is today a large town in north Israel, west and southwest of the Sea of Galilee. It's probably 100,000 people now. It is mostly... Uh, Arab town, and I get off in rabbit trails, but I always say it's okay to chase a rabbit tra rabbit if it has meat on it. But uh, the largest Baptist church in Israel is the Nazareth Baptist Church, by the way. Uh, for years, he's probably retired now. Faoud Sakmini was a wonderful brother in Christ, was the pastor there. And a beautiful church house, by the way, in Nazareth, almost totally Arab Baptist. And it had the Nazareth Baptist School. And it was, is a great academic place. And even the Muslims wanted their children to go to the Nazareth Baptist School because it was superior academically. And they got to win scores every year of kids to Christ. But anyway, Nazareth, a town southwest of the Sea of Galilee, that's where Jesus grew up. You can go there today to a place called Mary's Well. It was the only well in town when Jesus lived there, and that's where he would have drank from that well. Well, it didn't have a good reputation in those days. In fact, if you came from Nazareth, you were looked upon as second or third class. And if you were called a Nazarene, which is what they called the people from Nazareth, and Jesus was called the Nazarene, he was looked down upon. Can anything good, even Pilate mentioned this later, 
And, he, and Nathaniel starts off by saying, well, can anything good, verse 46, come out of Nazareth? Well, Philip said, well, come and take a look-see. Come on and see. And you'll find that, yes, something good can come out of Nazareth. But then Jesus gave uh, an interesting observation because Nathaniel said, wait a minute, how do you know me? Jesus said, son, when your friend got, went to get you underneath the fig tree, I saw you. Listen, my friends, when you spend a day with Jesus, he sees. And he knows us. He knows what's going on in our lives. He knows what's going on in your family. He knows what happened in the car on the way to church today. Whether you were really singing praises to the Lord or not. He knows. He sees us. Why? Because as we've already discussed, he is co-eternal, co-equal with God the Father. He is God the Son. And he sees us all. Well, Nathaniel is deeply impressed and he gives his life to Christ and begins to follow him. And so he gives him that title. He is the king of Israel, a title similar to Messiah, anointed one. But here he affirms his kingship. You say, was he really a king? Well, remember when Pilate questioned him, are you the king? He admitted later on, he said, yes, I am. And even Pilate, in a mocking way, put king of the Jews on his cross. But someday, my friends, listen carefully to me. Are you listening? Everybody's going to confess Jesus is the king of kings. In fact, listen to the words of Revelation 19. He is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the word of God. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has his name written, king of kings and lord of lords. And the scripture says the day will come when every soul will bow and recognize his kingship and his lordship. Every Muslim, every Christian, every Jew, everybody even in judgment, will kneel and say, you are the one you said you were. We affirm that you are king of kings. And it may be in judgment, but everyone eventually will recognize who he is. Well, here's Nathaniel saying, you are the king of Israel. He acknowledged him. And I ask you this morning, do you acknowledge him as the king of your life? Do you acknowledge him as the Lord of your soul? We don't need him to be a part-time partner a Sunday morning Savior. He needs to be an all-week Savior because he sees and he knows. And quickly and last, we see him as identified as the Son of Man. The Son of Man. In those last two verses, we see our Lord using that title for himself. And if you study the totality of Scripture, you will see 83 times in the New Testament and 19 times, excuse me, 13 times in John itself where he identifies himself as the Son of Man. Why do you think he took that title as his favorite? It is used in the book of Ezekiel, but he used it because it gave him identification with people as the bridge between God and man. And that's why even here he says to Nathaniel, oh, listen to me, look at verse 51. He said, most assuredly I say hereafter, you're going to see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending. And he makes this reference to what's called Jacob's ladder in the Old Testament as Jesus being that, that bridge between heaven and earth. And here he is forecasting that in the ascension, after Jesus died, buried, resurrected, he will ascend 
unto the Father in the presence of his disciples. They will see angels greeting him and escorting him, ascending and descending. What a glorious recognition of who Jesus was. Jesus is the King of Israel. Jesus is the Son of Man. Jesus is the Messiah. And so on the close of that fourth day, Jesus had six believers following him. Oh, it would grow eventually to 12 disciples and then to people in Jerusalem and then it would begin to spread both to Jew and to Gentile, even to Pebble Creek Baptist Church today in 2019. He wants people to know and he wants us to bring friends to him. And so I ask you, would you come and spend the day with the Son of Man? Would you come and spend the day with the King of Israel, with the Messiah? Would you follow him as they did, anywhere, anytime, anyhow? Remember the words of verse 43, Jesus said, follow me. Will you follow him this week? Would you follow him this week? At work, at school, at home, would you follow him? Let him be the Lord of your life and the master of your soul. Oh, I pray the answer is a resounding yes. Like Nathaniel, like Philip, like Simon, like John. Lord, wherever you lead, we'll go. We'll leave it all to follow you. And they did. Pray with me, please. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your precious word. And Lord, I want us to want to spend time with you. Or there may be some great men and women throughout history that we would love to spend a day with. But Lord, most of all, we want to spend time with you. And because of your word and the Holy Spirit's presence, we can do so. So Father, guide us even now. Lead us in this time of commitment to you. And we ask it in Jesus' name.